Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. From the director Sonia Sohn, whose previous documentary work includes Baltimore Rising, as well as the star of HBO's The Wire, comes The Slow Hustle, an American tale of how the culture of law enforcement corruption penetrates the system at every level, destroying lives as ordinary citizens, hardworking local journalists, and a few rebellious public servants endeavor to pick up the pieces. When Baltimore police detective Sean Souter is shot and killed on duty the day before he is scheduled to testify before a federal grand jury, a mystery unravels that raises questions about what story he was going to tell about his fellow officers. The infamously corrupt Gun Trace Task Force is the focus of an investigation that exposes members of an elite task force as a criminal gang that proves to be one of the dirtiest police units in U.S. history. We're joined today by the director of The Slow Hustle, and that would be Sonia Sohn. Sonia, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, I did mention Baltimore Rising, which was a film, a documentary film we did prior to this, and how your time working on that must have given you a tremendous amount of kind of insight and context within the storytelling, not only Baltimore Rising and the story of what happened to Freddie Gray, but also in terms of telling this particular story about Detective Sean Souter. How did that inform your filmmaking in terms of the telling of the slow hustle? Oh, um, that's a really interesting question. Sort of the corruption involved that is, it seems to be endemic in the department. And Well, you know... Have an antenna up about what what the story that was being put out about uh, Detective Souter. Sure, I mean, but you know, at the same time, that is a knowledge that I had prior to um, Baltimore Rising, just as part of my own life experience. And then, uh, of course, you know, for me, the discovery in Baltimore Rising was working with a you know a law enforcement officer such as um, Major Russell. Um, Colonel Russell at the time. So that was kind of like a discovery. But this side of law enforcement was my, had always been, I guess, my understanding and experience to a certain degree. Did it make me ready for the level of um, corruption that was going, that was exposed through the Gun Trace Task Force um, case? I can't say it was a surprise, but it was, it was just incredibly disheartening to, yeah, to have to sort of to report, to have to, you know, focus on. But I wouldn't say that I brought one bit, you know, one sort of impression into other. Nothing could have prepared me for dealing with, I think, a grieving widow and the fam yeah. um, and how to handle you know, those folks. I knew I was an investigative reporter. So there was another layer of dealing with the reporters and letting them sort of take, you know, the lane that they, you know, had skill and expertise to take. These were, I guess, some of the aspects that were, um, they were different elements here, different aspects of filmmaking and, you know, this story that I had to deal with that I didn't have to deal with in Baltimore Rising. Well, I want to dive a little bit further into the story of, of Detective Sean Souter, the circumstances surrounding his death. 
Well, go ahead. Give us the sort of that the day of description of what happened to Detective Souter. The the context and events of that day um, sort of change and, and throughout the film. I don't want to give too much away, except to say that Detective Souter was on that block searching for a witness to another murder, and while on that block, he hears he he sees or thinks he sees something in in the um, lot and um, he runs into a lot and two shots of fire and his his partner for the day discovers him dead in that lot and no suspect is found that day there thank you for that because there's so much beyond that this is kind of the 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 key that unlocks the Alice in Wonderland that we head down this path in order to try to figure out what happened and why. And um, this is my difficulty in sort of talking to you about it because I do not want to give away a lot in terms of uh, the, the film, the filmmaking and the story, except to say that it's, it is compelling and disheartening on a level that uh, you would expect better of law enforcement. And that doesn't seem to be the case so much in this story, certainly. But what I found, as I said, compelling were the people that you bring in. And you mentioned some of the, the journalists who get involved, people not only also from this, from their his family, in giving us a pretty wide spectrum of possibilities as to what happened. Is that a fair way to put it? The investigative reporters, the family, there are a lot oh, of right, got you. Third right, right. Third. A number of voices. Exactly. Yes. It's sort of a tapestry of voices. Right. Who all have a different part of the story, but it also lends itself to a lot of interpretations as well. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's important um, because so many people in the city were developing their own interpretations of what could have occurred, you know, in that alley, you know, in that lot that day. And I think for me, one of the most important aspects of the film is why that occurred. Why were people so quick to develop these theories around the death of this, this cop? To me, that really is, is, a, is a larger question beyond even the mystery I think it feeds into why he's not, why the, de why the death was never solved. And again, there's everyone that matters has an agenda in terms of telling the story of what happened, Detective Sean Souter, the, obviously the police department, but there's a political uh, component to all of this. Uh, this happens as the city is still dealing with uh, the, the death of Freddie Gray, what occurred in relation to his death and the trial and all of the things that were going on. And amongst all of this, the department is being revealed as one of the most corrupt police departments in the country. And all of that has an impact. It all, all of those things are factors in getting to the truth about what happened to Sean Souter. Right. Yeah. There was one point, um, you know, in when we were working on the film, when, I, I guess it just became clear to me that one uh, a layer of this film was not simply who killed Sean Zuder, because I knew very early on that we weren't probably going to find out who killed him. Just my sense of 
the case Baltimore. And I went into the film having to understand that, is there a film if we don't find the killer? Um, and so that really led to it, you know, it's not so much about who killed Sean Sudo, or is it is as much about what killed Sean, Sean Sudo as it is about who killed Sean Sudo. Right, right. You did a wonderful job, the storytelling, because as the film progresses, as the story progresses, you you layer it all, all the way through the, this film, um, The Slow Hustle, you layer upon layer of possibilities and at, along with those possibilities come a particular agenda that often comes with that particular explanation. But it, it's at the end of the day, no matter what, it's the corruption that seems to really be the story here. Mm, yeah, I, you know, I think that the corruption is a part of the story. It's a, a key part of the foundation of the story. There is no story without the corruption. Right. There would be no there would not have been other theories developed if there weren't for corruption. The corruption breeds a lack of trust in the department. That lack of trust, I believe, is what bred, you know, and spawned those numbers of theories that the film is all about that. So I think the corruption is absolutely part of the foundation of the film. Reminder, listeners were speaking with uh, Sonia Sohn. She is the director of a documentary film called The Slow Hustle. And it is premiering on HBO. So by the time you hear this interview, it will be run, it will be screening on HBO. Check it out. There's so many things about it uh, that are compelling drama, but also real life. I mean, this is a story that really has um, all of the tragedy associated with the the death of a what seemed to be a good family man, a good detective, a good person. And the inability of these, the powers that be and or whoever to not get to the actual core, which you just described as not being able really to solve the crime, um, is a big part of this film. Like why? That, that why is, is something interesting. I, I thought the day of the event that uh, the detective, Bomenka, his initial testimony just doesn't jibe with what we find out over the course of this film. And again, I know we don't want to go into too much detail, but watching it, I went back and watched the beginning of it again. And I thought it, it doesn't make sense what he said. So uh, that's, that's something else. And I don't know if you want to comment on that or not, but uh, it, it's a pretty fundamental part of the story that just doesn't make sense. That's all. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, you know, we are at a point where folks haven't seen the film yet. Yes. Um, and I feel that if I get into no, conversations I yeah. a little bit further down the line, you know, maybe these conversations will be a bit more exploratory. <laughs> right. No, I agree. But I, I want people when they see the Slow Hustle to pay close attention to what he says so that as the film progresses, it's you a can, lot. Yeah, there's you, a lot to talk about. You can make your own watch. assessment. You it can have, be fun, actually, for folks, you know? Yeah. It's, honestly, I think it's a film that you watch and you have, you know, you debate about the little, the inconsistencies or where folks are, you know, coming out of the woodworks with information. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? You know, right. but it's almost like a game. You can put it on this holiday right. season and then, and then vote and see who, who, who believes which theory. Right. Well, this is pretty fundamental in terms of the story behind what the death of officer uh, Sean Suter, but it, putting that aside, 
which yes, I hope people will watch the film. And if they need to go back and watch it again, that's fine with me too. I think that would be fine. That would be good. Uh, you over the course of your career have worked with some pretty remarkable directors. Uh, you worked with Steven Soderbergh, John Singleton, Martin Scorsese, and, and David Simon. Mm-hmm. What kind of an impact in terms of storytelling or the way that you go about approaching a project uh, have any of these directors, because these are seriously high profile, accomplished directors. What, if any, uh, did they, how did they impact your decision to move into the realm of of, uh, filmmaking, but also in terms of the way you go about approaching your projects? You know, you know, I wish I could say that I'm, I'd made all these connections, you know, um, between my work and theirs, and there was some path, but there wasn't. I mean, at that time I was an actor um, and I was grateful to have been cast in their projects. What I feel has, you know, again, it's just another layer of gratitude, which is I tend to be cast in projects that more or less kind of align with even, you know, kind of like my own, my sensibility um, and what I stand for. Whether the project is something that I stand for is just, or, or lives in a world that, that I connect to authentic, authentically. And that subject matter happens to be the choice of some pretty awesome directors um, and producers. And I'm in their orbit, you know, or had been in their orbit at one point in time, I floated in and out of it. You know, I don't think it says anything, anything, but that I've just been incredibly blessed, you know, in my career. I think working more on the wire with so long on the wire with David Simon and that group, and just feeling like, integrity wise and I guess politically you know they were very much in alignment with the way I sort of like to move through the world and so I think just watching how they produced in alignment with what they stood for as human beings was really impactful so yeah I think that's something I try I try to you know keep in mind well, I think it's safe to say that the work that David did, along with this incredible ensemble cast over the years on The Wire, is among the finest television productions ever. And it has stood the test of time in so many ways. And as it speaks to the integrity that you just mentioned and the, the integrity of the work. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for for uh, for spending a little time with us uh, to talk about the slow hustle. And again, it's premiering on HBO. It will also be available on HBO Max. So if you have the streaming service, you can check this out. Starting by the time you hear our voices, you will be able to go out and check the uh, check out the slow hustle, and uh, not only. Filmmakers, I mentioned uh, just a just a minute ago, but also the production team, your 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 executive producer Mark Levin, and Nancy Abram and Lisa Heller and uh, Carrie Antolis. Am I am Carrie I, Antolis? Antolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great team that you have uh, assembled around you for this project, the Slow Hustle. And my congratulations to you on your work. And uh, I hope you continue because Baltimore Rising and The Slow Hustle are, are excellent uh, documentary films. Sonia Sohn, thank you so very much for your work on The Slow Hustle and for spending a little bit of time with us here on Film School Radio. Thank you.
Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.